the Kids Space Force is back for more. And meet Splendid's Kid Detectives. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in downtown Splendid, West Virginia. Do you know any town such as Splendid with such a high number of kids' superheroes and time-traveling teens? We even have our own kid space force. You met them a couple weeks ago. Some people think the experiments of my lab have somehow influenced the higher-than-average strange occurrences amongst the youth in this town. I can assure you that is not true. I am only an observer of what wondrous things abound, and I do know their stories, and I share those stories with you, listeners, each and every week. This episode brings us two more stories, the return of the Kids' Space Force and the origin of Splendid's Kid Detective Agency. I hope you enjoy. Kid Space Force, Part 2. Chris and Natalie were partnered for the third grade science fair, and both agreed their subject would be Io. Natalie wanted to study Io because of her fascination with Jupiter, the largest planet in the solar system. Io is one of Jupiter's four biggest moons. Chris liked Io, too. It looks like a giant cheesy pizza, he exclaimed. Let's get in our rocket and explore it. Natalie assured Chris Io was not a giant cheesy pizza. Yeah, that's ridiculous, said Marcia, Natalie's best friend. She always echoed, almost always echoed, whatever Natalie said. We're taking the rocket ship to Io, Marcia, said Natalie. I'm going too, Marcia demanded. Months ago, Chris built a rocket ship in his backyard. It was made out of cardboard and aluminum foil and duct tape and had not once but twice blasted him into space. On the second journey, he took his friends Natalie and Marcia along to befriend some aliens. Together, the trio made up the Kid Space Force. Can we stop at Earth's moon on the way? Marcia asked. I need some moon rocks for my science fair project with Trevor. That afternoon, the Space Force met in Chris's backyard, costumed in their homemade sleek silver galactic uniforms, ready to blast off. They rocketed high into the sky and out of Earth's orbit. A short time later, the Space Force arrived on Earth's moon, where Marcia collected some moon rocks, and Chris quoted Neil Armstrong, the first man to walk on the moon. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The kids' space force next zoomed past Mars, the fourth planet from the sun, after Mercury, Venus, and Earth. It's so red, Natalie observed. Yeah, red, Marcia repeated. And it's named after the Roman god of war, Chris stated, trying to horseplay fight with the girls. 
Stop it, Chris, Natalie insisted. This is serious. Yeah, stop it, Marcia mimicked. The kids' space force next veered their delicate vessel through a dangerous asteroid field. Asteroids are bits of rock, some quite large, that orbit the sun. There are quite a lot of them between Mars and Jupiter, so the kids' space force had to stay alert. On several occasions, the asteroids came quite close to smashing the cardboard jalopy to bits, but eventually, the kids' space force succeeded and navigated their way through the asteroid field. Finally, Jupiter was in sight. It's a giant ball of gas, really, Natalie observed. And with over 60 moons, Marcia added. Chris's eyes widened. I hope you all are hungry. I see the giant cheesy pizza moon we came for. Io was in view. You know, it's not really a giant moon made of... Natalie stopped short when she realized Chris was wearing a bib and holding a fork in one hand, napkins in the other, licking his lips. Oh my, she added. Knock it off, silly boy, Marcia lectured. Io may look like a cheesy pizza, but it's not. Natalie took over. No, the reason it looks like a cheesy pizza is because it's covered in volcanoes. Chris shuddered. Oh, okay. Well, let's not get too close then. The kids' Space Force trio zoomed close to Io and many of Jupiter's other moons. They all took picture after picture and recorded their observations in writing. At last it was Natalie that brought the space adventure to a close. We better get home. Marcia agreed. Yeah, we're low on fuel. We've got a lot of science fair work to do, too, Chris agreed. The kids' space force steered a course back to Earth and arrived home safely in no time. Chris and Natalie's science fair project, titled Io, Volcanic Moon or Cheesy Pizza, won second place in the third grade science fair. The judges loved their pictures. They look so real, one judge exclaimed. But Marcia took the first place winner with her partner, Trevor. Her authentic moon rocks were hard to beat. Where did you get those? Did you make them? The judges asked. They are real. I flew to the moon and gathered them myself, Marcia insisted. The judges didn't believe her, of course, but her moon project was quite informative and well-made. It was blue ribbon worthy. Congratulations, Chris and Natalie patted their Space Force friend on the back. Thanks, and congrats to you, Marcia remarked. Let's celebrate with a cheesy pizza, Chris suggested. The girls rolled their eyes. Do you ever think of anything but cheesy pizza? Natalie asked. Yeah, really, Marcia echoed. Okay, how about a cheesy pizza and a trip to Saturn? The girls' eyes widened. It's a deal, Natalie agreed. A deal, Marcia echoed. Within the hour, the kids' Space Force trio was suited up once again, squeezed into their makeshift cardboard rocket ship, cheesy pizza in hand, and ready to explore the solar system. So a couple weeks ago, I shared with you the story of the nocturnal pizza bandits, their run of delicious pizza terror in the neighborhood, and their subsequent capture and punishment. I hope you liked Jen, Ben, and Red. 
because you'll be getting to know them much better in the coming months. In fact, they appear in today's story. The Ice Cream Bandit. It had been six months since the nocturnal pizza bandits had been captured and sentenced to a year without their favorite tasty treat. Officer Gaskins made sure of that. He was the one that caught them red-handed, their hands full of tomato paste and pepperoni. Jen, Ben, and Red had learned their lesson. Those kids wouldn't be breaking into splendid homes searching for frozen pizza delights anymore. For six months, all had been calm in splendid. As far as splendid calm goes, anyway. Then it happened. Ice cream began to disappear. It started at Mrs. Noble's house. She was sure she had packed away plenty of butter pecan for dessert, but it was gone. Then the ice cream bandit began to think bigger. The dairy treat was robbed of every ounce of its tasty, warm weather delights. Before long, not a drop of ice cream existed from Dairy Queen to the superhero creamery and all points in between. Splendid residents were getting angry. Who was the ice cream bandit? Because of their high-profile pizza-related capture six months ago, Jen and Ben and Red were suspected. But they have been under close supervision and could not possibly have pulled off the frozen treat heists. Suspicion turned toward a boy named Buster, who had once been busted stealing popsicles from the concession stand at the area pool. Rusty Gaskins, Officer Gaskins' son, was particularly sure that Buster was the ice cream bandit. Rusty also suspected a girl named Lana, who had been fired from her waitressing job at the Golden Corral for sneaking one too many soft-serve ice cream treats after work, though she insisted she was innocent. But most of all, Rusty suspected Jen and Ben and Red, the nocturnal pizza bandits. He didn't like that his father, Officer Gaskins, had offered to end the pizza bandits' pizza banishment early, if they could help him catch the ice cream bandit. The officer had run out of ideas and figured they could help. Who better would know the mind of a thief, huh? It made sense. The nocturnal pizza bandits had kept Splendid on edge for weeks with their pizza thievery. Maybe they could help. They did try. Night after night, day after day, the pizza bandits were driven to find the ice cream bandit, for they wanted their pizza suspension to end. They were highly motivated but they kept failing until that fateful day. It was Red first that noticed, though Jen and Ben followed close behind. There was something that was not quite right about that one character. None of them believed that Buster was the thief. After all, he had felt so bad about the popsicle incident, and Lana was able to convince them that she had nothing to do with the soft-serve ice cream thievery. And the pizza bandits were certainly not to blame, as Rusty believed. Rusty. He was the most suspicious of all. He was the one that kept pointing fingers at other people. But he was the officer's son. It couldn't be. Red first noticed. The three pizza bandits were watching the news. 
Officer Gaskins was being interviewed yet again about the ice cream bandit that was frustrating the city. In the background, Officer Gaskins' son, Rusty, was licking an ice cream cone. This was strange since the city had been ice cream dry for several weeks. No one else seemed to notice. But when this was brought to the attention of the officer, Gaskins was left with only one choice. Rusty Gaskins was arrested, and all of Splendid's ice cream lovers could rest easily. Officer Gaskins could not believe it. He was so disappointed. Rusty promised he was innocent, but clues began to mount against him. And indeed, Rusty was guilty. He knew he was caught. He pleaded guilty by reason of brain freeze, but the judge did not take pity. He was sentenced to a year without ice cream. Oh, my. And he would have to mow lawns citywide until he could pay back the stores he had robbed. The pizza bandits, for helping solve the case, were free of their year-long pizza ban. They had learned their lesson and wouldn't be stealing anything ever again. Much to the opposite, they rather enjoyed being the ones to solve the crime. Ben suggested they start their own crime-fighting agency. Red agreed. Jen, who would end up being the new group's leader, came up with a name, Za Crime Fighters. That's the Splendid Kid Detective Agency. And Splendid was indeed peaceful for now. But when that peace ends, Jen, Ben, and Red, za crime fighters, won't be far away. And neither will the ice cream bandit, Rusty Gaskins, who sits silently in an ice cream-free world, planning his revenge. That's all for this week, listeners. Thank you for joining me once again on this, the 21st episode of Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. In upcoming weeks, a brand new time-traveling teens trilogy, a kid Space Force trilogy is near, too. And before you know it, you'll meet the kid explorers of Splendid. Our kid superheroes will soon return, Buck and Tracy and Mandy Magic. More kid superheroes are on the way. And as soon as I can locate the whereabouts of those computer whiz kids, Tanner and Max, quantum leaping from one video game to the next, as soon as I can find them, I'll update you on their stories. Until then, have a wild and wonderful week, listeners. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.